Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Today we're on the third weapon on spiritual warfare, and it is about peace. Let's look at Ephesians 6. Beginning with verse 10, finally, my brothers, be strong in the Lord, in the Lord, in His strength. How many of you know you're not going to succeed in and of yourself? Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles, the carefully devised methods of the devil. For we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And I've gone into detail in the last two times. It's on YouTube if you care to look at them. Uh, Covenant Heirs YouTube, and you'll be able to get these thanks to uh, over 9,000 visits to our technical websites last year. Praise the Lord for that. Thank you for helping make that possible. This is a small church, but it has a huge footprint. And uh, it is vast and amazing. Therefore, verse 13, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, three times we're told to stand, having girded your waist with truth. Truth is the first weapon we're to put on. Jesus said, Father, thy word is truth. Isn't it amazing? Oh, how we ever need the truth. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Last Sunday, the Lord gave us a word called the gift of righteousness. I hope that you were able to connect with that and get further revelation of it. It's powerful. And having shod, that is put on with shoes, Cover your feet with shoes of the preparation of the gospel of peace. What do you do with shoes? You walk in them, right? But did you know that in the, in the culture to which this was written originally, Paul knew what, how important shoes were to Roman soldiers? They were made out of metal. They were bound together by pieces of leather. And then, part of my studies has indicated that a lot of these frontline soldiers had spikes on the bottom of those metal shoes that could reach sometimes up to three inches to give them two things. It gave them the ability to stand when they were getting shoved around in loose soil But it also gave them the ability, if they got knocked down, to fight from the bottom up. They could be flat of their backs and put some vicious wounds on the enemy with spikes in the bottom of their shoes. When we're in warfare, sometimes it feels like we're just getting knocked around. 
But what is going to stabilize you in spiritual warfare is peace. If you've got a peace that you access in the depths of your soul, you can get through anything. There is a peace that passes all ability to understand. And that is a gift that is given to you by the Spirit of God. How we need that peace. I don't know if you've uh, listened uh, lately. Do you realize, as far as I'm concerned, and I'm certainly no expert, but maybe with the one exception of the Bay of Pigs in, 19, in the 1960s, where I actually had a very, very good friend whose father was in one of those planes that were heading for the island of Cuba that had been blockaded by Russian ships. On the way. In the air. I thank God through the abilities of JFK and others that we didn't have to live through that. But did you know that if you, if you know, follow what's going on today, I have never in my lifetime recognized how close we are to a world war. Oh, I don't, I don't know about that, Pat. Oh, he, well, just keep your head in the sand then. The Russia-Ukraine war is devastating. But you've got allies with Russia, friends, like China and North Korea and others, and then you've got the United States and Europe and the, the countries of NATO. But there's a game changer now, and it's called nuclear weapons. You don't have any idea how close we are to a world war, and only a few people in here have any connection to a world war. If you focus on that, you're going to lose your peace pretty quickly. You can hardly go a day in our area where somebody hadn't been viciously, maliciously murdered. Innocent people. Innocent people. There is such turmoil in the political landscape of our country, it is sickening. Sickening. No longer does it feel like that all of our elected leaders are fighting for righteousness. It feels like they're fighting for control. And if you represent anybody, whether you're a pastor or a politician, if you're representing others, God has called you to serve, not to control. Would to God we need as the body of Christ to pray for our political leaders that they would get off this deal of trying to control everything and everybody and serve in righteousness. So what if we've got differences about what righteousness looks like? We need to pray that the God of the universe, look, 
If God can turn the heart of Nebuchadnezzar, one of the most wicked kings ever, he can turn the heart of the political leaders of the United States. If he's not, he's not God. We need to pray that there would be a, a commitment to righteousness and not control. More personally, close to home, one of the things that really gets me off a place of peace is when I see the unbelievable control and damage that social media is doing to our children. Listen to this. I didn't get this from some preacher somewhere. Listen to this. The American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry professional group now says that the, listen, on average, 8 to 12-year-old children with phones, on average, 8 to 12-year-olds spend five hours every day online. I'm not done. The American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry also says, on average, research indicates that teenagers now spend nine hours a day online. So where do you think the children and the youth of our nation are getting their ideas about what life is all about? What goodness and righteousness is all about? Where do you think that's happening? And yet we have state legislatures in Alabama. You say, Pastor, you're just talking too much. To no, we've got legislatures in Alabama who wouldn't even allow something to come to the floor to protect children from pornography and just, just had already been put in place, already been passed by one of the houses of the legislature, wouldn't allow it to come to the floor to be voted on when the votes were already there to put filters on little children's uh, phones to protect them from pornography. Wouldn't even let it come to the floor. You're getting political. No, I'm talking about control versus righteousness. We need to pray. We need to vote. And I know there are people in here who did what I did because they helped me know what to do is try to reach out. You say, well, pastor, it didn't work. Can I tell you something? Everything you do that is righteous and for the glory of God will be rewarded somehow. Amen. Just because, look, my anger and your anger will never lead somebody to the Lord. So I have to get into a place of peace and recognize, Lord, this is about you and not me. I don't control the harvest, but I do control the seed. So show me where, to, where, where and how to sow in righteousness.
Why'd you tell us that about the children? Grandchildren, especially you grandmothers, I have great confidence in your prayer for children and grandchildren. Pray mightily for your grandchildren every day. Every day they're faced with these voices that are trying to show them how to define truth. That everybody has the right to terminate a pregnancy, even the way, all the way up to viability. That is a lie from hell. You want me to be plain? God created a man and a woman, not 97 genders. Our anger must be towards the devil. He's the deceiver. He's the liar. And not towards those who are snared in a lifestyle that is not righteous. Because you know something? It is the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. And don't forget this. You used to be snared and so did I until the grace of God. So you better quit throwing stones at somebody else. Amen? But don't give up your fight before the throne of God. It's the fight of faith. And don't just acquiesce. Because although our anger does not achieve the righteousness of God, neither are we to approve and affirm unrighteous behavior. That doesn't do any good either. Amen? Amen? Okay, so I've got that off my heart now, and sometimes your pastor just needs to talk to you a little bit. Some will connect with that, and some will say, well, he don't have any business saying that, but it's okay. Been there and done that. Here we go. The shoes of peace. How do you fight? Jesus said, John 14, 27, peace I leave with you. The, t the context of that was he was about to be murdered, crucified. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled. You know what kind of peace the world gives? It's all circumstantially based. If the circumstances are good, oh, I got peace. No, you just have relief and call it peace. What is peace? Peace is a state of internal order in your soul, your mind, your emotions, and your will. And it's brought on by the Prince of Peace. The author of peace is the stable force of peace. All, everything around you can be crumbling. Everywhere you turn, it's bad news. But you can still have the peace of God on the inside. Jesus said, my peace I give you and I leave with you. So don't let your heart be troubled. The peace of this world 
is fleeting. You know what people are doing these days to try to get peace? They're trying to dull <coughs> their senses through substances, through trying to just not feel it. Sometimes it's through distraction. Well, if I just can get my mind long enough on something else, then I can have peace. Distancing, if, if, if I can just get away and be alone and not have to deal with this because everything I listen to it doesn't bring me peace. No, peace is available to the believer 24-7 because it's a gift of the Prince of Peace. Jesus is our peace. And the Holy Spirit takes what is in Jesus and declares it, discloses it, reveals it to us. Turn with me to John 16 for a minute. John 16. John 16. When Jesus was talking about the Holy Spirit and what He would do, he says there in chapter 16 in verse 14, let's back up to 13, when He, the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, when He has come, He will guide you into all the truth, for He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, that, ever, that is, whatever the Holy Spirit hears from me, the Lord Jesus, He will speak, and He will tell you things to come, for He will glorify me he will take what is mine and declare it, disclose it, grant it to you. So does Jesus have any peace? Yes or no? So where's the Holy Spirit in regards to you? On the inside of you, in your spirit, man. So what does the Holy Spirit disclose to you among everything? The peace of God. The very peace of Christ. My peace I give you. My peace I leave with you. How does he do it? By the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So what are we supposed to do? I don't know about you, but sometimes it takes me too long to recognize that my peace has been disturbed. You ever go a while and you're like, man, I just don't, I just don't seem like I'm really connecting with the Lord. It doesn't say everything is going awry. Da, 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 da. Wait a minute. Lord, is there something in my soul that is in my mind, my emotions, my volition, or is there something going on in my body that I haven't submitted to you? If there is, show me. Because I want to be under your, where the Spirit is Lord, there is liberty. So Lord, I want your peace and it, say, it seems to me that my peace is disturbed. What's the deal? Where is it? Does it have something to do with what I'm feeling or saying or doing towards one of your other sons and daughters? Is it that I am gotten distracted? Y'all know how fast your mind can get distracted? 
split second. Remember this, that old man, that, our old person is ignited by the fuel of the evil one. And remember this about the evil one. He is a forecaster of disaster. Say that with me. A forecaster of disaster. You can be sitting there, and sometimes when you're praying, and something that you're seeing present, the enemy or even your own flesh will take that situation and run it way on down the line to where it's about to take you out. Because everything that you didn't want to happen, you've already begun to think, well, this is going to happen, and this, and this, and this, and I'm a, right? Forecaster of the disaster. You've got to turn the forecast off. You've got to turn the forecast off. Well, Pastor, how do I do that? Okay, I'm glad you asked. Philippians chapter 4. I want you to go there with me quickly. Philippians chapter 4. How, how do I, when I sense that my peace has been disturbed, how do I turn off that bad information that is disturbing my peace? How do I do that? Philippians chapter 4. Remember the apostle was in jail. And uh, he writes, verse Chapter 4, verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, in other words, just turn everything that you're thinking and feeling and all these messages in your mind, all the forecast, and turn it on the Lord's channel. Say, Lord, I'm going to focus on you. Get you some praise worship. Speak the Word of God over you. Get into prayer. Let your gentleness, let your under control spirit be known to all men. I don't have to get up there and blow up about you or it or anything else. The Lord is at hand. The Lord is right here, right now. Be anxious. Do you see what he's saying there? That's something we have to do as an act of our volition. Lord, I refuse anxiety. Anxiety is a disorder in the mind. It's you've got a forecast, you have been told something, and your mind is saying, this is where that's going, and it's going to ruin you or destroy you. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, how much is everything? So that forecast of disaster, that troubling of your soul, that disturbing of your peace, turn it to prayer. By prayer and supplication. You know what supplication is? Supplication is intense prayer that calls on the favor of God. Intense prayer that calls on the favor of God. Weren't you listening last Sunday? Do you know how favored you are? God calls you in Christ holy and righteous and blameless and beloved and accepted and forgiven and more than a conqueror. Turn it back to the right channel. Stop 
the static and the lies that are in your own mind, that forecast of disaster, and recognize that you're not going to stand in anxiety. Prayer and supplication. Supplication is taking on the favor of God. You know, you can do all you want to towards me. You can criticize me. You can condemn me. You can try to destroy me. But I'm in a place of favor by my God. And nothing is going to get past Him without going through His permissive, wonderful heart. And I know He loves me. Amen. Amen. So, what do I do to stop that forecast? Rejoice in the Lord. Remember, the Lord is right here, right now. He's hearing and knowing everything I'm thinking, speaking, and feeling. I make. I got to make a decision. No, I can't tell you how many times I have to say, "No, I'm not going there." See, my my inner man knows what "Nope, not going there" means. Not going there. Because that anxiety is going to lead me down a path that is going to destroy my peace. It's going to hurt my love. It's going to hinder my patience. It's going to come against all the fruits of the Spirit. So, I refuse anxiety, but I'm going to pray, Lord, and commit all this totally. I'm going to commit my mind, my thoughts, I'm going to commit all of my ways over to you. Thank you for your favor. I give you thanks. Remember, be anxious for nothing in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. How many of you know the more you give thanks, it can't help but affect your attitude? I was thinking the other day, well... I don't have children anymore on the earth. I'll never have that. I'll never see a graduation, a marriage. I don't have grandchildren that I can see and love and encourage and play a game of pitch with. I'll never be able to sit down with a family and enjoy a meal. Never be able to have a whole bunch of things. I don't have it. I don't have it. I don't have it. But I didn't let myself stop right there. I don't have cancer either. I didn't have to spend the night down at the Jimmy Hale Mission last night. I have a home that's comfortable. I've been given a clear bill of health at 75 years of age and I can't even see the finish line. I don't have the stress and the heartache that a lot of you carry. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. Quit focusing on what you don't have and start giving the Lord praise and flip it around on the evil one. Thanksgiving will turn everything around on the inside of you. Hallelujah. 
Every one of us have heartaches. You have got, there's stuff that happens in this life, Jesus said, in this world. You have tribulation. Be of good cheer, I've overcome every bit of it. He either has or he hasn't. And I believe he has. Amen. Stop the forecast of disaster when your peace is disturbed. And look at what happens. If we'll rejoice in the Lord, if we'll remember that the Lord is right here right now and commit all of our anxiety to prayer and thanksgiving uh, and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. You know what my request does? It reveals a lot about what my motives are. <laughs> uh, you, you wish I hadn't said that. I know it. My requests reveal my motives. And sometimes my motives are for my own comfort. I know y'all don't ever do that, but pray for your pastor. I mess up sometimes. Sometimes I just want things to be resolved so that, you know, I can be comfortable. And not Wait a minute. God didn't call me or save me to be comfortable. He called me and saved me to be conformed to the image of Jesus. Isn't that great news? Because that's where we're going to live forever. Thank you, Lord. Peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind. Thank you for that part too, Lord. Guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. What a promise. So when your peace gets disturbed, take action. Take a stance. Remember who's right here right now, who's watching everything. Get into prayer and thanksgiving, understanding the favor of God. Thank God ahead of time for the results that you don't even see yet. And His peace will guard your heart and mind. One of the things I, I want to say as you seek the counsel of the Holy Spirit and worship and prayer, there on the back of your outlines, not just worship and prayer and thanksgiving, but you need to have a trusted circle of prayer partners. Sometimes your situation is going to get so deep, you're going to have to have some people praying for you if you want to get through it. Yes, you are. I can't tell you, I wouldn't be standing here today had it not been for the prayers of a committed core of people who loved the Lord and prayed for me when I didn't know how to say two words together. Mm -hmm. Make sure you have a committed core. And the devil will try to fool you and say, ah, they, they don't want to hear about your problems. Can I tell you something? God has already chosen at least one, two, or three people who will be delighted to pray for you, and they'll keep it between them and the throne of heaven. Seek his comfort and his counsel. In Colossians 3.15, I tell people all this all the time. When you're trying to make a decision about what to do or not to do, Colossians 3.15 is a great passage. Let the peace of God rule. The word in the Greek is 
act as an umpire, an arbiter. Let the peace of God arbitrate in your heart to which you were called and be thankful. So one of the ways you know that God is trying to tell you to do it or not do it is the presence or absence of peace. Because the Holy Spirit ministers the peace of Jesus on the inside of you. And if you're asking God, show me what to do, listen to your peace. It's a good way to hear the voice of the Lord. Well, are we learning anything? Amen. Amen. Let's all stand. Let's all stand. You know, we don't meet on the last Sunday of the month, but please let me send you some sentences just two sentences of impressions sometimes I get from the Lord. And if you don't know how to do that, Pastor Wayne or Pastor Dino will be happy to show you how to do it. I wonder today if there's somebody that says, you know, Pastor, I deeply need the peace of God. I walked in here today with my peace disturbed. Would you pray that the the grace of God will enable me to take this Word of God and apply it to my situation? If that's your prayer today, would you just slip up your hand for just a minute? So many. So many. Father, thank you nothing takes you by surprise. Thank you your word says that you know our down-sitting and our uprising. You know our thoughts even when they're far off. Spirit of peace, would you bear witness right now in all of these who have raised their hand today and those who should have but didn't. Receive the peace of God. Receive the peace of God today, saints. It's your birthright. It's your legal gift. Father above, sweep over my spirit, over my spirit, forever I pray, and bountiful goes Sing it together, peace, peace, God's peace, wonderful peace. Flowing down from the Father, sweep over my spirit. Forever.
want your peace to be manifested in those with a broken, broken fellowship today, God. In Jesus' name. And all the people said, all right, we'll see you in two weeks. God bless you. Go with God. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.